Courtney. Hey, Sasha. Where did the ghost go on his trip to Spain? I don't know. Where did he go? He went to Barcelona. Oh, <laughs> it's hora de spoop. podcast yes on twitter and instagram at, at spoop hour contact us <laughs> at spoop hour at gmail.com that was really nice that was and then we got flummoxed and then we yeah. went back to being bad it's again okay. <laughs> um today we have a special ghost do you want to introduce yourself Ooh. special ghost i am the other courtney yay <laughs> two courtneys for the price of one free podcast free podcast <laughs> The least you'll ever pay for two quality Courtney's. Two Courtney's, yeah. one Sasha. No waiting. Yeah. <laughs> so, do you want to explain where you're from, other Courtney? I am from the Cult of Domesticity podcast. It's a history true crime podcast yeah, that it is. you can find everywhere. Sometimes we cover historical things, sometimes cover murder. Murder, Ooh. most foul. Yes. <laughs> sometimes historical murder. Ooh. Historical, pastoral, pastoral, historical. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Pastoral comical. Seems okay. like Sasha's been grading recently. Been, I graded 240 quizzes on Hamlet this weekend. Yay! And then graded another 30 discussion board posts. And I still oh. have many more. I, I have like 210 more discussion board posts to grade. Although a bunch of people didn't do them. Oh. So it's probably going to be a lot less than 200. That's helpful for board. you. Yeah. That yeah. sucks for them. It sucks for them. Because anyway. it's easier to type in a zero than it is to read something. And then type in another number. And then type in another number. Yeah. 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 So, yay. Anyway, we're happy to have Courtney on. We in are. The grand tradition of our ghosts. Sasha has done Courtney's tarot. So she is about to tell Courtney about her life. <laughs> as though. Woo! Yes. As yeah. though you didn't already know about your life. Yes. Okay. So, we did a three-card reading, as always. So that's the past, present, and future. Your past, you drew the Six of Pentacles. I always like to call it Pentacles, though, because it looks like it's spelled Tentacles. Yeah, we've been doing this podcast <laughs> for over a year, and in my head, it's always Pentacles. pentacles. All right, so the Six of Pentacles is a harmonious card reflecting the renewal of faith, which here accompanies the person's, like, successful, like, either travel or successful, like... Like, journey to a new location. Basically, <laughs> and it's fair. The, the atmosphere of the card is not necessarily one of reward for hard work, but rather of, like, benevolence for the hard work. So that, like, okay, everything is kind of going okay. Like, I've been working really hard, but, you know, I'm, I'm able to have, have a break a little bit. Hmm. So on a divinatory level, the Six of Pentacles can be a situation where there's some kind of money or substance or work or some some reward to be shared if not just by the individual but with maybe a group of individuals and it can be something that's not tangible as well and then the individual also can be called to offer generosity or be the recipient of another's generosity 
basically everything like like the belief in yourself and in your life and your capacities is regained. So in the past, maybe you had some like moment of success or just like you were like, yeah, things are going okay. So like a peaceful contentment. And I will throw this out there. You moved semi-recently. Yes, I moved twice. Yeah. In the past like eight months, I moved across the country twice. Yeah. Six of Pentacles knows. Yeah. So more in the present now, we're at eight of Pentacles. And the eight of Pentacles is on a, is basically where now you're looking at like a card of an apprentice or it's like you having to juggle your energy now trying to develop your talents and it's not necessarily instability it's more of like dedication and one-pointed energy and that you have an enthusiastic spirit as you accompany like this new venture in your life and like you said you've just moved and so maybe it's just like that energy of okay here's what i'm trying to succeed at However, the eight can also coincide with a period of life which follows what psychology might call a midlife crisis. Oh, no. <laughs> um, where you're, you're hoping that things don't become stale, but you want to depart into like new pastures, though you are maybe a little bit nervous about it. So, yeah, again, this is the period where you are playing the role of the hardworking apprentice who's trying to acquire a new skill or really hone that skill. It's suggesting that there is a talent which that... Uh, which you may have recently discovered and that you could maybe develop develop into something more or that maybe a hobby could be developed into a profession. You should re- be experiencing great enthusiasm and interest in maybe some new field of work or maybe mm-hmm. in the field of work that you're already in that maybe has a new like set of responsibilities. Any of um, this ringing a bell? Yeah, so my position right now is only for a year. So in <laughs> August, it's up. And I just had my midterm review and my boss, because it's temporary, and of course, naturally, because I'm in the history field, pays crap. Of course. Mm -hmm. (laughs) (laughs) And we were talking about my future, and she's like, I really want you to stay, Mm -hmm. because we all really like you. So they kind of were like, we can help you stay here. Mm -hmm. And we can help you. Eight of Pentacles. Yeah, well, that's the thing. It ends with, like, saying it's... It often shows up at a time of life when you are wanting to be firmly established in what you're doing, which kind of sounds like that. Yeah. Yeah, especially because I just turned 26 last year, and I'm like, wow, not being able to be on my parents' healthcare really sucks. Oh, yeah. Yep. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Also, what is healthcare? It blows. It the- Doesn't matter. We no, just don't nobody know. Knows. <laughs> <laughs> All right. And so for your future, you drew the star. and Because you're, you're a star. Basically, the star is not necessarily a fully formed conviction of future plans or a solution to one's problem or guide to action. It's basically a card of waiting <laughs> and just being hopeful, <laughs> which is funny. Uh, just ho- wait and see. Yeah. Basically, it could be something con- like connected deep within us that is sometimes called the will to live, but not necessarily the will to live, like I'm going to go either die or I'm going to live, but more like what's going to be like your motivating factor. Mm. And then, so basically, when the star appears in a spread, it's predicting like the experience of hope or meaning or um, just like knowledge in the midst of difficulties. Basically, it's just saying that if you... Zelda. <laughs> the podcast is really jealous of what's happening right now. <laughs> yeah. That it's basically that you, it warns against blind hope without necessary action to build upon it. And just okay. saying that, like, if you continue to push yourself forward and, like, strive for that will to live, that you'll be on your way to, like, something better. So it's not mm-hmm. like, 
you don't you just have to sit there and hope and it'll yeah. be fine if you actively push yourself yeah. forward it's basically good. like the star of hope nice so, yeah it's how I take my job searches. It's just like apply everywhere because you never know. Exactly. So well, and that's that's reflected in your tarot cards. Whoa, I know it was spooky. very weird. <laughs> I like it when it's like spookily accurate. Yeah. Yeah. Sometimes, sometimes it's very wrong. I'm going to introduce our snack because I housed one part of mine. Oh, wow. So earlier today, I went to District Donut, which is a local donut chain around here. It's very good. It's really good, and I got us a Nutella cream and a Washington cream, which is probably a Boston cream, but they called it a Washington cream. The and custard's not the same. I already oh. tasted a little bit of it, and I secretly like Boston cream more. <gasps> You're not allowed to live here anymore. I'm not allowed to live in Washington anymore. District Donut is going to come find you and be like, get out. Get out. It, was, it, was, it was good, though. <laughs> yeah. it was like, it's not as sweet, but it's oh. not as, like, gloopy. Like, gloopy or like rich like it's not oh, as eggy interesting and so it's it wasn't what i was expecting i will say i was pleasantly surprised with the nutella cream that mm. i ate while you were doing courtney's tarot yeah. because usually when something is called nutella something it yeah. means they just put a glob of nutella in it which don't get me they, wrong they blended it right because yeah I s- it tasted like almost like not quite custard but maybe like a whipped cream with nutella in yeah there. when i cut it open fluffy. it like spilled out yeah and so i was like oh this isn't like nutella texture yeah which yeah. is it's great would you like yeah i also house? have a cup of trader joe's instant miso ramen because I was grading quizzes and <laughs> discussion boards and forgot, forgot to, to eat. eat. <laughs> right. Trader oh, Joe's. That. Eat ramen. <laughs> Do you have a snack, Courtney? I just have mm. a cock and bull ginger beer Ooh. some whiskey because it's St. Patrick's Day. Cute. Is cock and bull like a brand of ginger beer? Yeah. Oh, actually. You know what? I think when I licked the custard earlier, I mixed it with the Nutella and uh-huh. I was like, oh, this isn't this isn't what I wanted. wanted. But now I've stuck my finger in the donut and it's what I wanted. <laughs> what I love about DC is that, like, in this area, we have so many different donuts. Yes. Like, just a different, in, like, Sugar Shack, we have duck Sugar donuts, Shack, Duck Donuts, District Donuts. There's, oh God, what's the one that has a fried chicken? Oh, uh, it's over. Um, shoot, I can see the sign. Yeah. It's by where I work. Yeah. I can, it's it is by Dixie's? where you, is, no, no, it's not no, Dixie's. <laughs> I swear, my grandfather always taught us a donut a day keeps the... Oh, Astro Astro Donuts. Donuts. I didn't even... (laughs) Yeah, Astro Donuts. A donut a day, what? What He called donuts vitamins. Yes. He's like, you eat a donut a day. He's 92, so... He's on to something. He knows what he's talking about. Does your dad or your grandpa want to come on our podcast (laughs) and explain the merits of donuts? You see what I mean about the Mm, Nutella cream? It's really good. It's some good shit. I'm sorry you can't Uh, have a donut, Courtney. (laughs) We've already had this conversation about donuts. But I'm still sorry about it. Anyway, did anything spooky happen to either of y'all this week? Um, How about Courtney? I have a spooky actual paranormal experience in Spain. I just remembered. But no, beyond the normal of hearing my neighbor's kids when I'm in the bathroom (laughs) screaming and stuff. It's always when you least expect it, and sometimes it's just kids like toy music, mm. and you're like, ha- like ha- in you hear and out just of like it, the and you're like, ding, 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 and you're like, something's about to kill me. <laughs> I was at Barnes and Noble yesterday, and they had a Peter Rabbit Jack in the Box, mm-hmm. and I did the thing where I was like slowly winding it, and I knew what was coming. I knew what was coming, and I still went. <laughs> <laughs> Why did you do it if you knew it would scare you? I didn't. I thought I was going to be strong, and oh. it wasn't going to scare me that time. I'm proud of you. You're like Buddy the Elf. Yes, yes. <laughs> no, that's exactly. You know it's coming, and then it doesn't, and you're like, oh, this one's effective, and then me. it just gets you. Jack called me Buddy the Elf. <laughs> go test toys in the North Pole. <laughs> like, I don't think that would be good for my heart. No. And you're yeah. not a cotton-headed ninny-muggins anyway, yeah, I, Right, so. exactly. I guess my spooky thing was that I was productive enough this weekend that I graded so many things. Spooky. That's spooky. I didn't really have 
anything that was spooky per se. As regular listeners know, I've been trying to find a meetup group that I like, and I think I have succeeded. I have found a group that I'm quite fond of. I'm not going to tell you the name of it because I don't want you to hunt me down and murder me, but if you're listening to it from the group, hello! Uh, But anyway, at trivia, which we did and we won, Mm -hmm. one, part of why we won was because there was a question about Kingdom Hearts, and I knew the answer to it because of Sasha. I am a good friend. (laughs) She says, mouthful of donut. (laughs) And... Two, the other thing, they were like, oh, what podcast are you? Because we were joking there was a sports round. And I was like, the only thing I know about sports is there are some ghost stories with them because I have a paranormal comedy podcast with my roommate. We did an episode on spooky sports stuff. So if it was a question of like, whose ghost rides a horse up the stairs of a building at Notre Dame, I'd be like, oh, I got this. But all this other stuff. And they were like, wait, what's your podcast? And I told them. And one girl goes... I think I've heard of that. And I was like, oh, yeah, yeah. And then I texted, <laughs> that was spooky. I texted Sasha in all caps and like, we had a moment. It was, it, it was a nice moment. It was a nice moment. Yeah. And I guess the weather warmed up in Virginia. Yeah. And my head exploded. And, so a ghost uh, came out of my skull. The bugs are wide awake <laughs> and having raves in the middle of the night. <laughs> all right. So today we are talking about Spain. España. España. Viva España, as the joke would imply. So, in order to warm us up for our discussion, I have a featured creature. Yay! All right, so, the rules. As always, I am about to read a statement in which I am this creature, and you have to try and guess what I am. All right, we all good? Yep. Okay. Hola, como esta? Mi amo mythical ghost monster found in countries like Spain, Portugal, and Brazil. I'm your garden variety, listen to your parents or else monster, preferring to pop in eat naughty children, and run away. Or maybe I'll swoop in, grab the kid, and then spirit them away to a place from which they will never return. But that I only do to disobedient children. I like that it's Spain and Portugal, but also Brazil. <laughs> it's, it's a bunch of places. Like, yeah. on Wikipedia, it's it's primarily Hispanophone countries, yeah. but then also, mm-hmm. so countries that speak Spanish, but then also countries that speak Portuguese do uh-huh. it. So it's it's all over the place. So, you can't so it probably started there. On mm-hmm. the Iberian Peninsula, and then all the... Yeah. And then it just... Boop, yep, this this traveled. <laughs> it seems that I am less picky about who I eat, because I only abduct disobedient children. Hmm. But I'll eat anybody. Mm-hmm. Much like the Boogeyman, there are super fun rhymes and songs about me, including a lullaby from the 17th century that goes like this. I'm so sorry if you speak Spanish. I did my best. Duermete niño, duermete ya. Que viene it me y... Te comerá. Literally translated, this means sleep child, sleep now, else, what I am, comes and will eat you. <laughs> Is it like an old woman kind of thing? Well, we'll get into it, but not <laughs> Maybe? Maybe not. Could be a woman. Other lullabies banish me to the top of the roof so I don't eat sleeping children. Like, it's really common that I'm the subject of lullabies because, you know, it's super easy to sleep when you've been terrified. <laughs> Like, sleep or you're going to get eaten. Yeah, like, apparently that's a thing. They're like, hey, how about you sleep or else it's going to get you. I feel like we need to bring this back up when we do our bad childhoods. (laughs) Yes. There are some versions of the lullaby where it's a different boogeyman who's in my place. So it's Hmm. just a general boogeyman thing. Anyway, what do I look like? Courtney wonders if I look like an old woman. Well... There is no consensus on my physical form other than saying that I'm a shapeshifter. Convenient. And and that my visage is as 
is gruesome to gaze upon. Sometimes I'm a hairy monster hiding under the bed. Other times I'm a dragon that plays an important role in some harvest festivals. Maybe I have an empty pumpkin for a head. We just don't know. Who's to say? <laughs> Need a little help guessing what I am? Yes. Yeah. Okay. Take the Spanish word for the, the male form, not the female. Est. L. L. Yes. Oh. And name a recent Pixar movie that made you ball your eyes out. Coco. I am El Coco. What the? F- <laughs> what? <laughs> also known as El Cucuy, El Cuco, etc. Oh yeah, El Cucuy. Yeah. Oh. So it's it's okay. Courtney knew. <laughs> yeah, I don't. I've heard. It's 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 like the Spanish boogeyman. Okay. So it like parents are like, oh, don't be disobedient, or El Cucuy is gonna come get you. <sighs> Pretty standard stuff. Like eat your vegetables, or El Cucuy is gonna come. Like you know. Yeah. Standard parental fear tactics. Speaking of Coco, shameless plug for the new mariachi show at Mexico Pavilion at Epcot that my friend (laughs) helped write. It's based around Coco. (laughs) That was not planned at all. I didn't realize you were doing El Coco. I know. I was like like, Spanish cryptids. And then I was like, wait, my mom told me about one. Let me look it up. Make sure that it's in Spain and not just Mexico. (laughs) All right. So uh, who wants to start by telling us about their Spanish spoop? I vote Courtney because she is our ghost. And because I want ghost, to eat this donut ghost, half. Ghost, 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 ghost. Well, I can, I can tell you my sister's ghostly experience in Spain. Yes! Yes! <laughs> so when, I pick, I, when we were talking about this, I picked Spain because I studied abroad there and I remembered how much, like, they're just really into being creepy and, like, <laughs> they go really dark really quickly. Mm-hmm. It's, like, either cheerful or terrifying. Yay! <laughs> And so my family came over to visit me after I was done, and we were traveling. We were in Cordoba, and we're staying at this, like, the oldest hotel in, the, in like, the city. And they were like, oh, yeah, Christopher Columbus came here. Mm-hmm. And so my sister's response was the next morning, she goes, did Christopher Columbus come visit you in the night? I was like, wait, what? Haha, <laughs> 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 funny joke. Wait, what? <laughs> I was like, uh, what? And she's like, yeah, he came into our room last night and was, like, nibbling on my ear. Ew. <laughs> <laughs> Gross. Because that's the kind of <laughs> Christopher Columbus who friggin' creep new. So the whole rest of the trip, she goes, did Christopher Columbus come see you? <laughs> oh my god, that's so gross. <laughs> but that's just how our family is. We're just making jokes about it the mm-hmm. whole time. That did remind me. I Nothing spooky happened to me this week, but I was something spooky that happened to some, somebody else last night. Apparently, in my dreams last night... I was repeatedly hitting my boyfriend and then demanding that he give something to me. Like, give it to me. Like, I need it. Give it to me. And he'd go, what? And then I'd go, what? I was asleep. And then I'd go back to sleep. Oh, my God. And I did it to him like four times. And I have no recollection of doing it. That's so funny. So I I ruined his night a little. So you were the spooky thing. I was the spooky thing that happened to him because I kept hitting him and demanding that he give me something. That's so funny. (laughs) He should have just given you something like every time. I know. Just like hand me, here's my book. Here's a phone. Here's a cover. What do you want? Yeah. I don't know what you want. And like my dreams last night had nothing to do with retrieving anything. They were international spy based dreams, Mm. but I wasn't trying to get anything. I was just trying to outfox another spy team and also star in a play that I knew nothing about. Because I I can never just have, like, a normal fucking dream. (laughs) I had, like, investigation-based dreams last night where I was, like, trying to figure out what happened to someone. Mm. And I had to, like, go to a bunch of, like, mega churches. It was really creepy because I've never been in one. So I don't know. Oh, they're creepy. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I don't care for it. Anyway. Spain. (laughs) That was a great story, though. I love creepy, pervy. I mean, I don't love pervy. I don't love pervy Christopher Columbus. 
Obviously. Obviously. He's garbage, much like the real Christopher Columbus. Oh, yeah. I know. He's in the Assholes of History, the unofficial (laughs) series that I've been doing on my podcast. (laughs) Mainly, I'll just do, I'll pick like people who are like, oh, this person's kind of great. They did these great things. And I'm like, but they were an asshole. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. No, they, they said his ghost was there. That's how we found out about it. Well, also, there was a gi- giant he, mural. Oh, nice. Oh, God. Didn't he get his funding from King and Queen of Spain? Yeah, uh, Fernanda Isabella. Yeah. Mm-hmm. There's, I mean, if you go to Granada, there's a big um, monument to that him and all of that. And you can see where, like, he asked for money. Wow. And then <laughs> Which is on a the lot side, of places. it's like he was really into ear stuff. <laughs> I'm just, yeah. I'm just seeing him as Mona Lisa Saperstein. Money, please. Money, please. I've never done anything wrong in my entire life. That and king and queen of Spain are like, yes, and I know this. <laughs> they give him the money. I think that's exactly how that went. I mean, that was pretty much most of his life with him going around. Because before please. he just they, he went across the sea, he was like really broke, mm. like more than a college student level broke. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so amazing. Yeah, because I, yeah. I think I remember, did, didn't the Portuguese government go, no, we're not giving you fucking money, you dick. Get <laughs> out of here with that shit. And that's why he went to Spain. <laughs> yeah, he was going between the two. But, like, at that point, the Portuguese were really successful elsewhere. So they're like, and they were going through some turmoil. So they're like, no, nah, we're cutting you off. Because <laughs> they did give him some money. Mm. And then he's he like that kept- deadbeat relative who's like, I just need this money and then I'll get back on my feet and then we're good. I swear this business isn't like the other pyramid schemes. And then well, his, he comes back. The funny thing is his brothers were really successful. <laughs> <laughs> and he was like, nope, not going to ask them. That'd be embarrassing. <laughs> and I think the most dickish thing he did, it was like whoever saw land first would get like a purse and like a really nice tunic or something. Sure. And someone said they saw it like the night before. And then he like kind of was like, no, no, no. And then he's like, oh, guys, look, land. <laughs> <laughs> you dick. And that guy was like, man. I'm not going he probably is in anymore. a worse position if he's a sailor, like, in the 15th century. Right. Yeah. Like, he's probably making, like, $2 a year. So, like, let him have this. <laughs> you dick. All right. You want to go first? Sure. Mine is very brief. So, mine <laughs> is sort of a collection of stories because, as it turns out, Spain's metro system is haunted AF. Yep. <laughs> Whole thing. Just bunch because I was like, oh, I'll focus on this one station. And then I was like, oh, there's not very much about this one station. And it's like, it's like this other station. And I was like, oh, I'll, f- I'll add that station in too. And it's like, much like this other station. And I'm like, what the fuck? How many haunted stations are there? A bunch. <laughs> so Spain's extensive metro system is, a po- is popular with tourists and locals as an efficient way to get around. But as the train lines expanded, certain stops were abandoned, hidden away, and even removed from the maps. Some gained a supernatural reputation for incidents that happened there. Hmm. So, we're going to go on a virtual tour of the creepy metro stops of Spain. First, let's spend some time in Barcelona. Barcelona. The first spooky stop, named after the Carrer de Rocafort, the Rocafort station in Aixample district of Barcelona. (laughs) How does Spanish pronounce the X? Does anyone know? I well, it's, you're, it's Catalan. It's Catalan. So oh, that's true. It is Catalan. <laughs> Balls. Anyway, I'm sorry. It's E I X A M P L E. I did a sh because that's how they do it in Chinese. X is sh. Anyway, 
The example station. The example district of Barcelona <laughs> is served by line L1 and located under the Gran Via de los Corts Catalanes. It opened in 1926, but it got its haunted reputation 60 years later. Hmm. Four suicides occurred at the station within the span of one month. Wow. And so it became the leader among all Spanish metro stations in terms of number of suicides. Uh Uh-huh. We did it. Great job, guys. As though, like, there's, like, a competition? Well, I think it's more just, like, they rank them in terms of, like, deaths, and they're like, well, that one's at the top for for suicides. Oop. Maybe put some more people there so they can uh, not get like, as many. Yeah. yeah, or like in Japan, there are like emergency stop buttons, and there are people on the platform where it's like, if you see somebody fall, push the emergency stop button. Uh-huh. Anyway, this earned the station its new nickname in the 1980s, the Cursed Metro Station. <laughs> Surveillance cameras have picked up strange images, including shadows and mysterious figures walking the platform, even after the station has been closed to the public for hours. Metro riders have seen the same shadowy figures walking on the track, especially at night. Because of the spooky occurrences, the metro system actually has a hard time getting people to stay and work the night shift. Everybody's like, oh, I can't, I'm sick. <coughs> and it's because they're like, bitch, no, I heard about the ghosts. No, thank you. So, or they experienced the ghosts. Yes. So six so and one half a dozen of the other. They're like, I'm not doing it. So the metro station is like, look, I know we don't have people on the platform, but somebody needs to be there even at night. And they're like, nope, not me. Mm-hmm. Not today. So that's the first stop. So Do you think that's the, the in, like, your first day, they don't tell you, and then you have to work the night shift? <laughs> I'm sure. And then, and you know, it's their first day. And they're like, hey, yeah, I'm working the night shift. And everybody's like... Oh, I have to go. Um, that's gonna go great for you. Bye. Thanks. I'm sure they're like, nope, nope, nope. I don't have anything to tell you. Goodbye. <laughs> so the next spooky stop is the Gaudi Metro Station. Built in 1968, the station was supposed to serve as a transfer between the L2 and L5 lines, but the project changed direction, and so the station never became operational, and it became what is known as a ghost station, meaning that basically they built the whole thing, and then they were like, oh, we don't need this anymore. Yep. Oh, well. Apparently, the time it sat unused was enough to attract a few passing spirits, most notably Anthony Gaudi. Yep. Gaudi was a prominent Spanish architect, most well-known for designing La Sagrada Familia, which is a really gorgeous, like, churchy temple mm-hmm. in Barcelona. I'm going to be talking a little bit about Antonio Gaudi. Oh, okay, yeah. cool. Mm-hmm. Are yeah, you going to get into how he died? No. Okay, Go cool, because that's in this part. Yep. So, <laughs> if you don't know, Gaudi died basically towards the end of his life. He got super religious, and so he was like, I am taking a vow of poverty, I'm going to dress in, like, rags and shit, mm-hmm. and wander the streets. Well, on one of these wandering the streets periods, he got hit by a tram. And because he was dressed like a beggar, everybody was like, ew, gross, a poor person. I'm not taking him to the hospital. So, like, taxi drivers were passing him and nobody stopped to help him because they're like, eh, he's just a beggar. He'll be fine. And so he actually died of his injuries because they didn't take him to his hospital very quickly. And he got hit on the Gran Via de los Cortes Catalanes, which is above the Rocafort station and near where the Gaudi station is. Mm-hmm. Which explains why now that Gaudi has died, he's like, I'm going to check out this station that has my name. <laughs> so even though the platform is unused to this day, it is visible from the train that goes to the Sagrada Familia. So obviously it gets a lot of traffic. Yep. And people have reported seeing both ghosts waiting for a train and the spirit of Gaudi himself like ducking in and out of the shadows. 
He likes to wander the station, having been spotted both by station workers and writers alike. And whenever anybody makes eye contact with him, he's like, well, loop, bye, and just ducks into <laughs> the shadows. Nope. Okay. Hola. Goodbye. <laughs> <laughs> now we're going to be traveling over to Madrid, so let's hop on this train. Choo-choo. And we're going to talk about the Chambéry Ghost Station. Much like the Gaudi Station in Barcelona, Chambéry Station in Madrid became an unused and spooky stop. When it first opened in 1919, it was frequently used, but the Spanish Civil War saw an end to all of that use. Mm -hmm. Basically, during the war, it was used as an air raid shelter, which wasn't uncommon for right. for metro stations in Spain, obviously. Or in England or anywhere, yeah. Yeah, basically mm -hmm. anywhere that has been bombed and has a mm -hmm. subway system, people will go into it to take shelter. Mm -hmm. So frequently, citizens would even sleep in there. Like, even if there wasn't an active bomb threat, they just took to sleeping in there right. just because they're like, well, if there's something in the night, I'd rather be here. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, especially because the Civil War was really, really bad. Oh, yeah, it was super brutal. My significant other is, this is like a historical event that he's fascinated by. Mm -hmm. So it's brutal. If you ever want to read up about it and read about how terrible the fascists were and like, basically, it was just a shit show. A lot of people yeah. died. It was a mess. Anyway, the lines expanded for all of the Spanish metro stations in the 60s. But Chambéry was rendered obsolete because they made other lines that were going to other stops. And basically, because of how it was built, the platform couldn't be expanded. So they were like, there's no point in us putting our new bigger trains here because they're not going to fit and we can't expand the, the station. So, oh, well, let's just close it, call it a day. It officially closed on May 22nd, 1966. And the rails and overhead power lines continued to be maintained, but the rest of the station fell into disrepair mm -hmm. and just got kind of like gross and grimy. Mm -hmm. In 2008, there was a successful rehabilitation that turned it into Platform Zero, which is a museum documenting the history of the Madrid Metro. While not outright spooky, you can still get startled while wandering the historic tunnel because you're literally allowed like all up in this no longer used train station. Mm -hmm. And what spooks you is there's just a little glass partition between where you are and where the actual trains are fucking running. <laughs> so, platform zero. Maybe be careful. Maybe. It's up to you. <laughs> <laughs> and then finally, my last thing that I want to talk about is Subway Rat. Subway are you all rat? ready to hear about Subway Rat? Is this a yes. cousin to Pizza Rat? I can only assume because I was trying to find out information about Subway Rat and everything was just like, Pizza Rat on New York Subway drags pizza slice and gains internet fame. And I'm like, no, not Pizza Rat, Subway Rat. <laughs> so Subway Rat is not confined to one station and it's sort of a cautionary tale for wayward commuters. Okay. Ooh. This oversized rodent visits different stations along Madrid's subway and is always spotted chasing the last train of the night. Never an earlier train, never after the train stopped for the night, just the last train of the night. But why? According to the urban legend, Subway Rat is actually the reincarnated spirit of a passenger who met a grisly end in the subway. Trying to catch the last train of the day, this passenger fell to their death and is now doomed to wander the station in their afterlife in the spirit of a giant rat. That's really, like, terrible punishment. Oh, yeah. And now all it does That's, is it chases the last train. So it's, it's a giant afterlife. fucking rat. And it's like, oh, shit, I gotta go. Because, it, you know, they slipped and fell and probably got hit by yeah. a train. God. Subway rat. <laughs> 
That's that what is, you're doing. That is way worse yeah, that's, than Pizza Rat. Right? Pizza Rat's like living his best life. He's got a whole slice of pizza and it's bigger than him. You're doomed to eternity just because you failed to catch the last train. Yeah. It's a it's a lesson. You know how every metro station has a variation on don't run to catch your train, you dickhead, because you're going to fall and hurt yourself? In Spain, that's Subway Rat. <laughs> it's less a train rule and more a folktale of warning. Don't chase the train. You'll become a giant ghost rat. Wow, I hate it. I also don't love that he becomes a rat. Like, why couldn't he just be a person? Just be yeah, himself just not, chasing the last yeah. train. Like, that would make more sense that yeah. he was just, like, constantly chasing himself. Yeah. But no, it's it's like yeah. a full-size rat, and it will run along behind the last train of the night on the tracks. How creepy is that to be the person at the end of the train, though? Yeah, like, yeah. And, and all of a like, sudden you see Hold it. up. Is that a giant fucking rat? What the hell? And then you, like, shine a light on it, and you're like, oh, shit, that's, that's Subway Rat. Take a selfie with it. <laughs> Me and Subway Rat. Tink. What if you're, like, dr- the drunk person, though? Like, you're drunk on the train and you see Subway Rat. Subway Rat could have been you, drunk person, on the last train of the night. I'd vomit. <laughs> Just on my Actually, shoes. no, it's... It's Spain. They're not coming back till like 7 a.m. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> if you've missed the last train, just get a taxi get a or taxi. walk. <laughs> or, s- or keep partying. Yeah. Uh, keep partying until 7 a.m. when the trains start again. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. So okay. that's been my haunted tour of Spanish Ooh. trains. Spooky. Okay. So I've got some just like basic spooky places, but I, this place that I want to start with is the Casa del Ave Maria. Mm-hmm. So Casa del Ave Maria is now the Palau Guel. And so in the past, it had been apparently some kind of haunted house. The The industrialist Juan Gel decided to buy the house, Casa de Alve Maria. And Antonio Gaudi was entrusted with the design of the new Palau. But before it became what it is today, it was also known as the Casa del Miedo, or House of Fear. <laughs> Because it was incessant. Sorry. I just, I'm imagining a modern industrialist. So like fucking Jeff Bezos being like, oh, I'll buy this house. And locals being like, the house of fear? Yeah, okay. Enjoy. Um, (laughs) So apparently there was incessant screaming that people could hear during the night. And Spain. Spain. Just incessant screaming. Our fancy houses for industrialists feature incessant screaming. And so it was left abandoned. I don't know if it was left abandoned because of the screaming or because the person who did all the screaming died or what. But then Juan Gel bought it and the legend had been that atrocious things had been happening in oh. it and Juan Gel was not afraid of it. So he bought it. Antonio Gaudi fixed it, I guess. But like it never seemed that haunted after Gaudi had his hands on it. So people were oh. like, was he an exorcist? I mean, was, he did get super, got, super religious. And when you look at his architecture, especially for Sagrada de Familia, like, it's full of rich, like, mm-hmm. religious mm-hmm. imagery, as well as, like, imagery of nature and designs of, from nature and all of that. The Sagrada Familia is, one, very elaborate, and two, it has a lot of religious iconography, mm-hmm. like, oh, carved yeah. into it. Yeah. And it's... It's not an unformidable structure. Right. It's pretty spooky. Yeah. Like, just looking at it. Yeah. So he yeah. was for sure an exorcist. Yeah. Well, and especially because that's not done yet. Yes. Right. It will never be done. Let's be real. Yeah. They're hoping for 2026, but maybe 2040. <laughs> There's enough people that come in that they're getting that funded very well. Yeah. It's yeah. like an hour a week minimum. Yeah. Yeah. I can't wait to go to it someday. The, the list of 
haunted places in Barcelona, in other parts of Spain, in specific neighbors, neighborhoods in Barcelona is, is surprisingly um, a lot. Yeah. <laughs> there, there's well, a lot of places in Barcelona that are haunted. Spain is a largely Catholic country, and I feel like Catholics are very predisposed, not to generalize, but like... Speaking as a Catholic? Speaking as a former, former Catholic, Catholic person. <laughs> I feel like we're predisposed to believe in, like, demons and shit, because... Don't you guys have a Holy Ghost? Yes. Yes. <laughs> that's, that's just one of the phases that you get God in, because it's the Father, Son, Holy, Holy, Holy Ghost, or Holy Spirit. Anyway, but because we're always on the lookout for, mm-hmm. like, demons and shit, you are inclined to believe that if something spooky happens, you're like, up, oh, demon, called it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So there's this other place. That's why we all have that picture of Jesus in our homes. Yeah. It's called the Carrera, Fran- Carrera Francisco Genere. And it's a seemingly normal street, but in the 20th century, it had a building that was the scene of a supernatural presence. For an entire week, tenants had heard loud noises and saw objects move, and some neighbors who didn't live in the building but surrounding buildings said they even saw the building floating in the air. (laughs) The whole building? The whole building. Okay. The police claimed to to witness... Somebody's been doing mushrooms with Gowdy. Right? The police... Someone's having a bad siesta. That's what's happening. (laughs) That's what's happening. Yeah, everyone's just having a really bad siesta. That's why they all stayed at the same time. They woke up and they're like, did you see that building fucking float? (laughs) (laughs) So even the police claimed to witness these phenomena and they blocked access to residents. Finally, the events concluded when it was said that an ill young man who lived in the building was creating all kind the 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 weird noises that people had been hearing but i'm sorry the question is what about all the levitation and moving <laughs> objects okay i have a theory did they say what kind of illness this young man had no just okay. an illness i'm throwing it out there that he had serious digestive problems so those were the sounds and then the sheer force of the air expelling from the body <laughs> made the building lift. So he was just farting. He was just farting a spirit out. I love it. That's oh, I was fear. going with something else. Like, he just nailed the plumbing so well that the whole, oh, the whole building... Oh, God. That also could be it, because they don't specify his illness. I mean, so honestly, we're going to make toilet jokes. Honestly, yeah. <laughs> yeah, like, prove us wrong, Spain, by sending us their first-class free tickets. Yeah. And we'll investigate and report back. Email spoopower at gmail.com if you're interested. <laughs> Another spooky place in Barcelona is the Grand Teatre de Lisieux. I can't pronounce shit for shit. You're doing great. Sorry. Um, (laughs) But it's an opera house where you can mysteriously feel the energy of the past. The myth says that during the Middle Ages, the site on which the theater was built had hosted uh, executions and had been cursed. The story seems they to... They held executions at an opera house? No, no, no. On the land on oh, which the okay, opera house okay, okay. is eventually built. Yeah. You know, they're like looking for an area and they're like, you know what? This cursed land looks great. Totally yeah. fine. Not it's like open. Their, it's their real estate agent is like, what are you looking for? And they're like, well, if it's cursed and has like 18,000 angry spirits, that's like perfect. Yeah. So do you have anything that's like that or do we need and to And she's like, I've been trying to offload this property for decades. She went I home, she bought you. herself a bottle of champagne and she's like, I finally did it. <laughs> so moving from the Middle Ages to 1847, so executions during the Middle Ages, 1847, the theater yeah. was finally built, Oops. but then it burned down in 1861, <laughs> and then... 14 years, it had a good run. And then they we rebuilt it. it, and then it had an anarchist bomb attack in 1893. <gasps> Jesus Christ! That's fair, and that's then fair. Big time for anarchists. it had a really long, long, good life, and then in 1994, it caught on fire. <laughs> Like, at a certain point, wouldn't you just be like, fine, the land can have it back. Yeah. Jesus. So, base, so like, within all of, like, all of those events, like, 
dozens if not hundreds of people have like died on that land making in addition, it not spookier in addition to also the mid uh, middle ages execution it's like a water wheel but instead of water it's angry ghosts it's angry ghosts yeah but what's there wheel. now that's the question i what think did it's they still put- that it might still be that opera house opera house yeah <laughs> they did not learn their they lesson did not learn their yeah they're it's- like angry ghost water wheels yeah i know it's up. still there it's located at less ramblas 51 to 59 Oh, it's, yeah, it's on the Las Rambas, that's yeah. why. They're that- like, we're going to put something else beautiful and bring all the tourists in. <laughs> Which yep. is why I didn't go to Las Rambas when I was there, because it was like Tourist people. Tourists, yeah, yep. that sounds about right. Let's see, other places, because there's no <laughs> no shortage there's, of haunted places. There's an abundance of haunted places. Ah, San Cristobal Fort in Nav- Navarre. Navarre? Navarre, yeah. There's this fort, San Cristobal. It was built in the 19th century during the rule of Alfonso XII. It was also used as a prison. Yay! (laughs) In the late third decade... Nothing bad ever happened in the 1800s in prisons. No. Basically, there was, like, a big breakout and many deaths took place, and then there were a lot of hauntings. And so now people say that the ghosts of unfortunate victims of the incident haunt the the fort, as well as other supernatural incidents that have occurred there as well. Hmm. Then, much like, I think we've talked about haunted universities and all of that Mm -hmm. in a previous episode, there's the University of Cordova in Andalusia. The business and economic school is haunted by several ghosts. (laughs) The school at that, like, that part of the, the school had been a maternity hospital at some point. Uh-oh. So people have encountered spirits of women who've died at childbirth. Nothing bad has ever happened in childbirth in the 1800s. Exactly. Nope. And then also there's also professors and like students elsewhere, like mm-hmm. on the university who are like, oh yeah, I died at my desk. <laughs> I like to think the students babysit the ghosts of the babies so that yeah. the moms can go out and party with the professors. Oh, that'd be funny. Of the ghosts. <laughs> well, Cordoba was one of the big hubs for the Islamic State uh, mm. Caliphate oh, in yeah. Spain. Yeah. So between them and Granada, like, I mean, and then the there was constant warring in Spain for 400 years. Right. So. <laughs> exactly. So, whoop. Lots Haunted. of spookiness. Lots of spookiness. Angry ghost water wheel. Yeah. That's all Spain is. That's all it is. Mm-hmm. There's also a couple other places in Barcelona. Back to Barcelona. There's the secret burial grounds of Gracia. Gra- Gracia. There's the cemetery of Josephets, where the like back in the day when Gracia was an independent village, they didn't have luxuries of like having their own cemeteries. So basically, they would just bury their citizens in and around their churches. And then, so Gracia didn't have a church until they built Church of Josephets in 1658. The cemetery should have been behind the building, but as the area expanded and houses were built, the bodies were removed and dumped into a common grave inside what's now a training center to help those in poverty. The hundreds of remains are still piled up in front in the, in front of the first brick of the church under a, on, under a marked slate. We learned nothing from poltergeist. Right. <laughs> apparently, there are some important people, like Prince George of Hessen-Darmstadt, who are buried like in the church's crypt. But they had actually, like, taken his heart out when they buried him and sent his heart back to where he came from. So Germany. Yes. Cool. Darmstadt. Yeah. So that's, that's a cool. fun package to get in the mail is a long dead heart. <laughs> so hopefully they preserved it before they shipped it. No, they were just like, it'll probably be fine. Who's got an envelope? Be fine. <laughs> Don't there, be a big baby. It's just an envelope. God. <laughs> there is a, a bleeding one. <laughs> There's a poltergeist oh, of someone named Francisco Gin- Giner? 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 
Giner. Vagina? No, I'm just kidding. G-I-N-E-R. Yeah. Giner? Giner? That sounds very French. That sounds French, I'm sorry. But on February 10th, 1935. Hinner. 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 Waking up to investigate, the sun switched on the light. At that moment, a drawer from the dresser shot across the room. The family screamed for help. When two of the patrol came to inspect the house, the banging continued, albeit much fainter. The conclusion was... There was no conclusion. They, like, couldn't figure out what was there. So, (laughs) nailed it. The next day... They just threw some holy water on it and said it... Yeah, they're like, we called the priest for you. We're gonna see ourselves out. Have a blessed day. So, the (laughs) next day, the family filed a police report, and after combing the house, they still didn't find anything. And then it stopped until... Two days later, February 12th. Ooh, they had two, two whole, whole days. days. Woo! Nailed it. This time the make some paella was... and then move on. Right. Yeah. <laughs> They're like, man, that paella last night was great. I'm so glad the ghost is gone. And the ghost was like, was there paella? Was there paella? <laughs> Hola. Um, Hola. Esta paella? Esta paella. I don't, I don't speak Spanish. <laughs> so on February 12th, two whole days later, the banging was so loud that the neighbors came to investigate. On this night, the dining, the witnesses said that the dining room chair fell and rose again on its own. The light swung violently. The clock stopped and started repeatedly. A fork disappeared and reappeared. <laughs> oh no, the fork! The, fork. the windows the were quivering. The, the paella! The ghost was like, I'm just gonna get in the paella real fast and then I'll go. Don't worry, guys. And then stones began to rain down in their courtyard. The banging continued before fading in the morning. Oddly enough, when the police investigated, only the children had stated seeing a white shadow moving between the rock, uh, between the clock and chairs. And then everything was fine. Oh. And nothing happened ever again. Well, I think what we can learn from this is that ghosts love paella. Yep. Yeah. I'm sorry. I just, when you said they, they were, they heard the banging, I went to a different type of banging. Oh, no. <laughs> how much, how loudly would your neighbors have to be fucking before you would go say something, though? Right. Wouldn't you just sit there and be like, well, this is uncomfortable. I sure hope they stop. Like, what would it take for you to go next door and be like, hey, 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 assholes. Hey, please. <laughs> we have work in the morning. <laughs> Maybe if you have a shared wall and, like, you can hear it, that, like, like there's something... I Maybe guess, but I don't I don't know. Like, we have shared walls with our neighbors, and they would have to be, like, boning loudly 24-7 before I would say something. Yeah. Like, I, I can hear a baby sometimes, but oh, yeah. babies are, like, rock you, concerts. Yeah, you can't control them. <laughs> you can't control... Yeah. You can't control the decibels. <laughs> All right. I think maybe if it was upstairs, it'd be a little different, because it would be, like... Shaking the house. Yeah, and then house. you just bang... You, you get a broom, you bang on the ceiling, and that age-old, hey, you're fucking too loud gesture. Yeah. <laughs> so, how do we feel about vampires? I'm for Give them. me them. Okay. So one of the most famous serial killers in Spain, Enriqueta Marti, started modestly serving an aristocratic family. Uh-oh. Wishing for riches, she would sell her body to the wealthy, but that wasn't enough. She started her own brothel in Gracia and Did learned- a girl with your small business. Learned that yeah. the richest uh, liked them young. The money rolled in and her perfectly executed plan for wealth paid off. Hey! She would kidnap her victims- <laughs> Orphans Fair. from ages 3 to 14 by wrapping them under her black cape and bringing them home, thus oh, her name. She's Aww. kidnapping children to serve in her brothel. I was hoping she was kidnapping the rich and then ransoming them. Uh, I was on board for that. Yeah. Yeah. I do like the cape, though. That's pretty great. Just yeah. just, like, that's like some El Coco shit. Eventually, yeah. her business was discovered by the police while the son of an ind- influential individual was there. 
Money exchanged hands, and Enriqueta Marti saw no justice, but and things got worse. With tons of money by now, Enriqueta bought many apartments around the Raval area of Barcelona. Not only would she run brothels from these locations, but the children and other women she decided weren't up to scratch would be brutally murdered. Oh my god! Their bones would be... It's a hard life. Yeah. Yeah. Their bones would be sold as powder, the fats as moisturizing oils and machine grease, and the blood in potions. Powder for what? I don't know, like powdering your face? Or like or paints? Deodorant? Um, maybe maybe paints or deodorant. Jesus Christ. I like the fat for moisturizing, so you just know some rich lady put dead body fat on her face. Oh, right. yeah. And then she probably did a layer of bone powder. Yep. And so, then she put some potion on her hair. That was blood. And, the, the, and then she put, like, lead to make her skin whiter. She put lead yeah, stuff exactly. on her face. And so then, she probably died anyways. And then she wanted her teeth to glow, so she licked a bunch of radium. Yikes. <laughs> so by day, Enriqueta would dress down as a beggar to scout for vulnerable people. Aww. And then by night, she dressed up luxuriously to sell her women and products to the wealthy. One day, she accidentally kidnapped someone who had a family. Oop. Obviously concerned, the family notified the police. The police found the remains of 12 people that day and found out that Enriqueta had been doing it for 20 years. Oh my god. She was jailed, but never went to trial, and in the end, she was actually murdered by other inmates. But she always maintained that it was just business. <laughs> and Don't that, worry. That she's like stabbing someone. Don't yeah. worry. It's just business. And that Capitalism. Truly, Capitalism. Right? Capitalism's Capitalism. killing you. It's not me. And that the truly twisted were the clients and perhaps the society that allowed for them to exist. So capitalism. Capitalism kills us all. Yeah. Sometimes yeah. in more brutal ways at the hands of a murderer. All right. And then I have one more about a, like, none. Who can see the future? Who can Ooh, predict things? Like in Veronica. Oh, like in Veronica. Have you ever seen the Andalusian dog? No. Uh-oh. It's Dolly, and I can't remember the sp- the other Spanish filmmaker yeah. who did it. Hmm. Uh, but it's messed. It's not scary. It's just very disturbing. Up. Yeah. Hmm. That's I. That's where I draw the line. Yeah. Disturbing. I don't like disturbing. I don't yeah. like horror. Yeah. Don't like any of it. Just, anyway. just look at the Wikipedia. That's oh, what I'm going to tell you. Right. I'll, 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 I'll look yeah, pull it Pull it up right now. Okay. So there's this nun. <laughs> I guess she's a nun. <laughs> um, her name is Ramona Maria del Remedio Limargas Soler. From a young age, she was visited by the spirit of the Virgin Mary, who told her she would create a religious foundation to cure the ill, known as Hermanas de Jesus Patiente in Gracia. Spiritually gifted, her powers included divining facts from the past, present, and future. Hey, like I do. As well as by location by projecting her image on, into another location. Nice. That's amazing. Also, I am tagging out of the Andalusian dog Wikipedia page because the man holds a razor near the woman's eye and I was like, and I'm out. Oh, yeah. 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 <laughs> and know I'm that. out. And that's like the first paragraph. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I have no plans of ever watching that. Thank you. <laughs> I had to watch it for I had to watch parts and like clips of it from for a class. Oh, no! oh does your teacher hate you? Is that what happened? It, it was a Spanish film class, and then I took another film class, and uh-huh. yeah, and it's uh-huh. just because it's a very early surrealist film, that right? I'm, I would still hard pass on that. <laughs> Tell your professor that you can't, you don't believe in razors. <laughs> I just, you just kind of look away. You're just yeah. like, yeah, d- oh. nope, yep. I would put it on and then leave the room and be like, no, I watched it. Yeah. Well, it yeah. was on in my house. 
See, we watched it, like clips of it in class. Oh no! So you couldn't escape it. Mm-hmm. So Apparently. the nun. So the nun. Apparently, at one point, she warned of an upcoming civil war, but was widely ignored. Uh oh! Eventually, it happened, led by Francisco <laughs> Franco, who eventually took the on full fascist. power over Spain. As an outright an asshole of history, yeah, yeah. And as an outright Catholic, Ramona appeared to him in his office in Burgos and spoke to him in Catalan because she knew no Spanish. And for this, he thought she was the devil and demanded, "Send me the Virgin Mary instead." And she responded, "I will send you not one but three. And eventually, they created a mutual understanding and met frequently, which apparently Franco's aides attested to as well. What the fuck? Yeah. That took a turn. I was expecting her to be like, how about fuck you and sending him like yeah. three terrifying ghosts, but no, they're no. just buddies? No, they became buddies. Okay. Yeah. She saved we- him from stopping attending a banquet in Zaragoza where he would have been poisoned. God damn it. Right? He she- was not a good man. I'm against no, this nun I'm now. I'm against this nun now. Yeah. Oh. Changing strategies. She's an asshole of history now. Yep. Yep. Uh, the horrific Battle of Ebro. And then notifying him of which of his advisors were Masons, whom he opposed deeply. (laughs) Jesus Christ. So, because he was so dependent on her, that if she didn't appear to him, he asked if it was because God no longer favored him. But she wasn't 100% loyal to Franco, though, because she would also help the other side. What? And she would frequently use her powers to heal the sick, no matter what background they were from. Okay. You can still visit the building of Hermanas de Jesus Paciente today, home of the five modest nuns who prefer not to encourage any connection to the dictator. (laughs) (laughs) It is also the final final resting place of Ramona Maria del Remedios y Marga Sorler, who later became known as just La Catalana. Hmm. Yep. So she was she she was not a good nun, and the people who are there now are like, we don't know her. <laughs> what? We don't know what we you're talking about. We can't read all of a sudden. All of a sudden, I, 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 can't, I can't read. I can't read. <laughs> so. Oh yeah, they 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 are battling with their like Franco. Yeah. Yeah. They're like they're the fascist monuments will have like p- red paint on it yep. and stuff because the people want to get rid of it. Yeah. Sounds like Confederate monuments. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. So I have a current story that happened recently in Andalu- Andalusia. It's about a-, a man holding a razor to a woman's eye, because if so, I will leave this goddamn podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Andalusia is the southern province in Spain, so no. Okay. <laughs> I don't know why they named their film The Andalusian Dog, probably because prejudices, but that's we're not going into that. Anyway. <laughs> anyway. Residents of Granada Village demand exorcism after ghost child spotted in town hall. (laughs) (laughs) I love it. And the ghost child's like, I just wanted to see how the government worked. Yeah, I gotta send, I'm gonna send you the picture, if I can, of the ghost child. Oh, it's because I saved it for you guys because I figured you would like to see the ghost child. We'll put it on the Instagram. I want to see what this child looks like. Yes. Problem in Vegas de Genil began when A counselor who was working late took a photo of the hallway, which appears to show the ghostly figure of a child. He claims his office was unusually cold. Quote, it was abnormally cold in the office, so I put my coat on, then got up to go to the bathroom. That's when I heard a strange rustling sound in the hallway, like someone was dragging files across the floor. End quote. Hmm. He thought there were thieves in the building, picked up his phone to call the police, but he was too afraid to turn on the light, so... He grabbed his phone and took a photo of the hallway to check and see if someone was there, at which point he saw no one was there until he looked at the fo- photo more closely and he saw the photo. So, mm. Oh, no. Oh, yeah. oh. 
And it, that's like a cut in picture. Like the bigger picture is like a long hallway and that's just like there. And you're just oh, like, no. Don't care for that shit. But question, does it remind anyone else of Dear David? Yes. Yes. <laughs> oh, I don't, Dear I don't, David. oh, God. I'm oh, excited God. for that to be a movie though. That yeah. movie I probably will see. Oh, yeah. So he went into a state of panic, locked yeah. himself in the office, sent the photo on to a WhatsApp group of his colleagues. To WhatsApp. <laughs> Everyone knows, one, ghosts can't get through locked doors, and two, WhatsApp wards off spirits. <laughs> yeah. One who came to take him home. <laughs> oh, that's a good friend. And I'm guessing, because he they might have been in the mountains, because Granada's surrounded by mountains. Mm-hmm. They found him as white as a sheet. Oh, poor guy. So the mayor, Ledrano Martin, was informed of the incident. He thought it was a joke, and then other colleagues started to explain him the cold of the, in that corridor. Oh, like, no. no. <laughs> mm-hmm. So they called a technician to check the heating in that dark part of the building, and it was fine. Oh, God. The technician the mayor- was like, nope, this is classic ghost cold. Sorry. Sorry, I can't yeah. do anything about Have it. a blessed day. <laughs> there was holy water. There was holy water. <laughs> they all just carry it. Yeah. In a little yeah, actually, I was just thinking, like, next time I travel to Europe, I'm uh, <laughs> You're going to bring, bring my own holy water. <laughs> you bring your, like, travel water bottle yeah. for hydrating you, and then you bring your travel holy water, water. for hydrating ghosts. Yes. <laughs> Going through TSA, um... Excuse me, ma'am. ma'am what? This is more than three ounces. Yes, but it also wards off ghosts. You're welcome. Have a great day. Yeah. <laughs> no haunted planes. <laughs> no haunted planes. No haunted planes. The mayor told El Mundo, which is a really large newspaper in Spain, I'm, quote, I'm a s- skeptic. It's not only true that it is unexplicably cold, it's collective psychosis, end quote. Oh, God. Okay. Okay. <laughs> collective psychosis is one word for it. Yeah. I say you are a spoil sport. And, yeah. <laughs> yeah, where's your sense of fear? I would say, I mean, they clearly think they saw it, so yeah. that's fine. I wouldn't call them psychotic, dick. Well, I think he's saying they're all so freaked out by it. It's just oh. collective now that they're thinking there's a ghost. Yeah, the town hall workers are like, nope, we believe in this. All One right. counselor even called a local Reiki practitioner to perform a <laughs> cleansing session on that particular spot i love it i love it i love reiki that's so good so now the mayor is getting tons of calls from ghost hunters and a priest (laughs) to perform an exorcism just one priest (laughs) yeah they're like have an ex like have a priest in and he said how can i justify a medium when i have residents without electricity (gasps) because andalusia is very poor that's a responsible mayor i respect Mm -hmm. that yeah i respect that too the rumor continues to spread, and on top of that, they said it's a death of a girl from a school that was located in the space which now occupies is the city. Sorry, I took I got some notes from tra- badly translated Spanish things. No, okay. <laughs> no worries. <laughs> they the hoax said the the girl's death took place in 1979, and it was published by Ideal. And even then, later they're like, yeah, it's false. Because there's, like, really blatant, like, they said the event occurred on Friday, which was February 15th, 1979, and they're like, but it's a Thursday, not (laughs) Friday. Like, little things like that. Yeah. And they found uh, English words distinguished to the right of the image, so if you have the full image, it would have, like, I guess, Mm. English words on it. I'm just like, oh my god. (laughs) One of the neighbors of the Vegas de Genil says, you know, maybe we can organize something for Halloween to bring (laughs) I love it. Do a haunted city hall. 
Oh my god, that'd be really The mayor fun. is uh, saying it's not in the government's plans. Oh, But then you can fundraise for the people who don't have electricity. Exactly. Everybody wins, party pooper mayor. Yeah. So, have you guys ever heard of the Alhambra? The, the palace in Granada? Oh. It's built oh, my by... My have been there. Three times, twice in one summer. Oh, nice. God. <laughs> it, was little, it was a little too many times one summer, but, you know. Yeah. This is a story retold by Washington Irving for when he was ambassador to Spain for oh. the for America. So okay. there's actually a big plaque saying, yeah, he, he was here, he mm. lived here. And he collected stories in the 18th century, so after the palace was in disuse. So for many years after the city of Granada came under control of the Spanish queen, kings and queens, it was a quiet, just like secluded place. The palace, if you go now, there's no furniture or anything in it, but you mm. can tell like... It's so beautiful. It's on a mountain, a mountaintop, mm-hmm. and you can be very like from the bustle of the city. It's so quiet. It's actually like ten degrees cooler up there. Mm-hmm. It's Ooh. which in the summer is amazing. Yeah, I bet the summer palace in the mo- in the areas that the Moors built is very haunting. And with the accession of Philip V and his marriage to Isabella, he desired to move to visit Granada with his entire res. Ret- retinue Mm -hmm. and this is where we get into the story of the legends of the rose and i'm just this is basically washington irving's story so that's why it's going to be a little different so the clatter of hooves the blaring of courtly trumpets and the cries of heralds and pages again resounded with the with through the walls of the ancient city one of the young members of the king's court was ruiz de alcoron he was one of the queen's favorites, we are told, and his popularity was shared among the other the other ladies of the court. Mm-hmm. He was only 18 years old, yeah. and he had already learned to appreciate the charms of women. <laughs> That's Washington's every way of being like, yeah, he got it in. Oh, no. Mm-hmm. He laid pipe. Yikes. <laughs> Is that what you kids call it these days? That's what they did in Washington Irving's day. His pipes <laughs> were a big deal. Uh. Mm-hmm. So, and in turn, they rewarded him accordingly, making him wise beyond his years. Yikes. Yikes, yikes, yikes. <laughs> Big yikes, but okay. <laughs> One day, he went out for a walk among the groves of the Generalife. Sorry, I just had a thought. Are we sure that this isn't Washington Irving's penthouse letter? Dear penthouse, I never thought this would happen to me. <laughs> Older women took a shine to me, and they've made me wise beyond my years. <laughs> I doubt it because he was middle-aged at this point, so... Mm. So it was Washington Irving's fanfic, his self-insert his fanfic. fanfic. If he were his 18. fanfic <laughs> that he was getting from all, like, the people who lived in the Alhambra at that point. Oh, he was, he, was, he was getting it from them already. <laughs> <laughs> well, Yikes. at that point, it was home to the less desirables of the city, so... Sure. <laughs> <laughs> Plus some extra... Her. Ah, any port in a storm. <laughs> and he had taken, so he's he's walking through the groves of the Generalife, which is a gi- the summer palace. There's gardens and fountains, and mm-hmm. I fell in one. But and he had taken with him one of his favorite falcons. You know, you know how you rank you have your a falcons? favorite falcon. 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 <laughs> Sorry, I know word. <laughs> the young man unhooded his hawk. God, that sounds worse. <laughs> Yeah, he did. Uh, <laughs> and it soon got away from him and seemed to settle in the distance upon some lonely Moorish tower. I have no questions. I have no Continue. <laughs> the tower, according to the legend, is the Tower of the Princesses. The Spanish name, 
the Torre de las Infantas, because yes, that is the name for princess in Spanish. Okay. And it's not my favorite version of that. (laughs) (laughs) It was once graced by the presence of three Arabic girls named Zadea, Zadora, and Zorhadea. Ruiz de Alcaron approached the front door of the tower, intending to retrieve his falcon. When he came closer... It's just a giant dick joke, isn't it? (laughs) Oh, I'm sorry, maiden. My falcon Falcon. has taken a shine to your lonely tower. Yikes. Don't mind if I come in and get it. (laughs) Don't mind me storming this tower with my falcon. (laughs) Yikes. Dear penthouse, I never believed it would happen to me. (laughs) As he came closer, he could see the decorated door in a splendid Morris style, and he moves past the large fountain surrounded by flowers. He sees a lot of things, and he was surprised to find badges of feminine presence in so a deserted and lonely building. Ooh. Basically, girl's shit was out. And he's like, oh. what? This is abandoned. Where I'm here with my falcon. He came to the door and knocked on it. It opened, and he could see the face of a beautiful girl within. She said, I, I can't let you in. And he's like, but I'm looking for my falcon. It is one of the favorites of the queen. I cannot go back without it, or things will go very bad. And she responds, you were one of the men of the king's court? He goes, yes. And she was like, Santa Maria, I've been warned specifically about men like you, sir. My aunt has given me very specific instructions on this point. I can't let you in. Past my lady garden. (laughs) There was a garden and feminine touches. It's a lady garden. It's a lady garden. (laughs) He's like, I'm only a helpless, harmless page. I just want to go look for my falcon. I will do that and leave. Yeah, he will. So Ruiz could sense the girl liked him despite her her protestations. And as soon as she actually saw her, he's like, I'm in love. Or his falcon was excited. (laughs) Or his falcon was excited. Or both. So she was surprisingly beautiful, hair neatly arranged and garnished with fresh roses. She had an olive complexion that hinted at Moorish origins, and he's like, I'm under a love spell. She finally let him okay. into the building so he could retrieve his falcon, and then returned to what she was doing at the edge of the fountain, winding silk. At one point, she drops it, he picks it up, and then he's like trying to kiss her, her hand, and she's like, uh, no, thank I'm you. I'm not a slut, you disgusting perv. You can't yeah. kiss my hand. And then she's like, you, sir, you should go now. My aunt will soon re- be returning from mass. <laughs> Because remember, it's in Spain. (laughs) So Catholic. (laughs) And he requests the rose in her hair. She's like, fine, take it. And he's like, what's your name? And her name is Hasita. So when her her aunt returns from the mass, she's emotionally upset, Hasita, because she's like, aunt, this guy was here. And her aunt's name is Fredagona, which is a very weird name. Fredagona. I mean, she presumably it, didn't name herself. <laughs> yeah, but it's unfortunate. Fredagona was in charge of Hasita's virtue, and she's like, I don't trust this guy. <laughs> As is probably appropriate. Yeah. Probably, yeah. yeah. I, I don't agree. trust him and his falcon that he sticks wherever he wants. I would agree. Yeah. Don't yeah. trust men with falcons. I've always <laughs> said That's that. really life lessons. Yeah. Yes. So Hasita was the orphan of an army officer who had died in battle. She had been educated in a convent and had been placed under the guardianship of her aunt. So really, she needs to marry well or life isn't going to go well. Right. Mm. So, but because she was so beautiful and her aunt had 
kept her in the tower, she began to be known as the Rose of the Alhambra because she was so beautiful. The word spread. Oh. I'm guessing she's like Rapunzel just sitting in her window, like brushing her hair and someone's sure. like, damn, Dang. girl. I would stick my falcon in that. <laughs> Yikes. That sounds really painful. Yeah, I don't want that anywhere near my hoo-ha. <laughs> Uh, Near your lady garden? (laughs) My lady garden. No falcons in this lady lady garden. garden. (laughs) (laughs) Eventually, Philip V left Granada, and with him went Ruiz de Alcaron. Hatsita was thrown into a depression because she really started to like him. Oh. And basically, a really long time goes past, and Hatsita's very upset. Hatsita begins to have a, like, has this amazing skill with the loot, and the king's servants hear about it because he is a hypochondriac and he has depression because inbreeding so his assistants were like that girl plays the lute really well let's bring her to court to (laughs) make the king fix your inbreeding (laughs) yeah so queen isabella herself uh, asked hasita to play the lute for the sick king she agrees to do it and was led down the hall of one of philip's past palaces she begins to play gaining power Notes danced from her lute like magic. Her voice penetrated the halls of the castle with clarity and force. She yeah, sang, almost if she was under the spell of her ancestors, of the glories and kings of the Umayyads, the Fetimids, the Almoryads, and the Orohads. So the king was not only enchanted, he was ready to leap out of his bed and take to the sword. But his misery was permanently banished, and in his place, confidence and dignity for who it had been. And then... Guess who she sees? Falcon Man. Yes. <laughs> but damn, because. that's a powerful loot. Yeah. He had to grab his sword and work some feelings out. She has some skills. Out. Yeah. Oh, no, he grabbed his sword and yeah. worked some feelings yeah. out. Yeah, did you not see my grabbing his sword no, gesture? No, I did see grabbing your sword gesture. <laughs> I was making it very obvious in this non-visual medium. And Isabella is like, this is thy sheath. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. anyway. Autore de los in- las infantas. You can still, like, see, they, you suppose they can see the horse, like, going up for Ruiz looking for her and all of that yeah. if you're in Granada and, like, see her in the window. So the tower is haunted by their love. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, so he just happy. came back and she was like, I, I'm, I'm into this now. You can yeah, put I don't know. If I were her, garden. I would not be because, like, dude, you left me. Yeah. yeah. Didn't even write a note. You loved me so much you bounced and said nothing. Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. But yes, that is... From Washington Irving. Thanks, uh, Washington Irving. Thanks, Washington Irving. And thank you, Courtney. <laughs> I, I thank like... you, other Courtney. <laughs> oh, just so much Courtney love. So much. Oh, Courtney love. Hey! <laughs> okay. um, A not good Courtney? <laughs> we like, we like, the top two Courtneys are you guys. Aww. Yay! Yeah. Yay! I'm not going to say who's in first. That's fine. It's okay. That's fair. It's okay. <laughs> <laughs> Best podcast where you can find two Courtneys. Yeah. That's mm-hmm. that's this one, and also thirty three percent pulp, and also the cult of domesticity. domesticity. Yeah. yeah, two Courtney's taking over the world. So Courtney, yeah. thank you for coming on. Where can people find you? Uh, at all podcatchers, the mm-hmm. cult of domesticity, Facebook and Twitter at domestic podcast, and Instagram at the cult of domesticity. And mm-hmm. then yeah. yay, yeah. Um, stay tuned for us being on cult of domesticity. Yes. So y- yes. Again, yes, double the Courtney's, so. double the fun. <laughs> quite, quite. Why do these all sound inappropriate? Because <laughs> they, they are. are. 
Anyway, thanks for coming with us on this spooky trip to Spain. Yep. And let us know, as always, if there's any stories that you have, there's a topic you want us to uh, focus on, Mm -hmm. if you, if your parents did something weird to get you to not do bad things when you were a child. If your parents warned you about El Coco. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, just like trying to scare the shit out of you so you wouldn't misbehave. Let us know. Spoopower at gmail.com <laughs> or on Twitter and Instagram at Spoopower. Yes. Yes, I have shared mine too, so you guys will hear that later. Yes. yes. I'm, I'm excited to share these once we have enough to have yeah. an episode. <laughs> yeah. So thank you again for listening. and Thank you, Courtney, for being here. Exactly. Yes. Yeah. And viva España, go have a spooky week. Paella, have a spooky week. You know, I mean, usually whenever people start talking about doing a you know, remake of Lord I mean, of look, Rings, here's like, the point that I'm trying to make here, okay? Barb is what I don't understand. I mean, how could I mean, I don't they understand have how you made a movie this bad? I, mean, I know everyone's like, like, this who said that everything. this was okay? Look at the adaptation that came before. Yes, there have been many, but I'm talking Come get belligerent on Popcorn Prattle Film Talk Podcast. You can find us on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, and Podbean. You'll be glad you did. Part of one of the more is... is I wish that had gone better. Not much sooner. Sorry, I thought the cat was about to throw up, and I was like, you motherfucker. Why are you standing on on us to throw up? But no, she's not. We're good. (laughs) Um...